We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in everybody to another edition of the Packaday Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Connick, and uh, usually I've got uh, my two co-hosts with me today, but Matt Freilich is uh, doing a European vacation uh, this week and did not take his Packaday Podcast schedule into uh, account when he was planning that vacation. So he is out in Germany right now, and so it's uh, me and my other usual co-host, Every uh, two weeks, Janelle Mackey. Janelle, how are you doing? I'm good. I mean, first Monday of the year. Kind of weird not having football to stress over, so that's kind of nice. I mean, at least I stressed over football, just not my usual Packers stress. It was stress for other teams, which I really didn't need that, but it was still such a fun weekend without the pressure of our team playing. Exactly. It's nice to just kind of, that's why I love the bye week so much is you can just sit back and not have to worry about anything. You just enjoy some football. And you, I mean, you mentioned like the first Monday back or the first Monday of the year. And it's like the first, it's literally like the first Monday back to work after all these holidays without football on Sunday night or Monday night. And even Thursday night, I just feel like my rhythm is completely off. You know what I mean? Yeah, I even like, had it, it, it doesn't feel like, right. I felt like today was a Friday, like everything just feels so <laughs> discombobulated. And I was like, I feel that I'm, I have no routine right now. Like usually, like usually when we record on Mondays, I turn on Monday football, and I've got it like mute in the background. And now I'm watching hockey, which 
is not the worst thing in the world, but you know, it's not Monday night football. So, um, well, you're going to dive into some stuff, uh, today Packers wise. Uh, obviously the, we know who the Packers are going to be playing in the first game of the playoffs, their first playoff game in two years. They will be taking on the Seahawks this Sunday night. Uh, before we talk about that, there's uh, a lot of uh, little Packers news and notes that have come across the wire in the last 24 hours. Um, the smaller side of things, the Packers signed two players to futures contracts today, one being fullback Elijah Wellman. Um, the bigger one, which, uh, you know, as the, as the rest of the offseason – and then even into training camp and, and things like that over the summer play out. This could be a, a one that is uh, is looked back on as uh, having some potential more so than any others is wide receiver Reggie Begleton. Um, he's played three seasons as a wide receiver for the Calgary Stampede, and uh, he's actually been tearing it up up in the, uh, in the Canadian Football League. Career highs in receptions, yards, and touchdowns this last year uh, – and so he's a guy that Janelle, you know, a team that's facing a lot of wide receiver trouble. There's a lot of talk about going out and signing a free agent in the off season where uh, this could be a move that Brian Gutekunst we look back on. And this was kind of a savvy, uh, you know, look ahead to the future to save the Packers a little bit of money and also as simultaneously address a big need of the position. Yeah. And it's kind of like, Yes, you want to chase the big-name players, but also finding guys like this who not even in the NFL trying to find talent elsewhere, like you said, for a little bit less money, especially when we just paid Rodgers a lot of money and they're trying to kind of move mm-hmm. his money around to get cap space. So I think, yeah, if you can dig for a fine like this, and I mean, when he's putting up career-high numbers and like hundreds of hundred receptions, 10 touchdowns, mm-hmm. over 1,400 yards, that's... Pretty big number. And he's, what, 6'2", 200 pounds, so it's not like he's a small body either. So yeah. I think he's definitely going to be somebody that we don't really know anything about, but training camp, he's going to have a lot of eyes on him. Yeah, I mean, you know, think about just as a, as a note, Alan Lazard two years ago, a, a nobody on a practice squad and, you know, even didn't really make it out of training camp on the on the uh the official roster with the Packers you know this year and had to spend time on the practice squad and then comes back and now he's contributing so yeah totally this could be you know a a thing to watch as the Packers move forward through the rest of the offseason but uh not to bury the lead the big news um Packers related today obviously former head coach Mike McCarthy signing to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys um I, I, I'm not sure how I really feel about it yet, Janelle. I'm, I'm kind of processing a lot of emotions because I, I do really like uh, Coach McCarthy. He obviously, you know, is one of the – has to be considered one of the better coaches in Packer history, uh, resume alone. Um, how, what was your initial reaction to seeing uh, Mike McCarthy is going to be wearing that, that uh, really ugly star next year? I mean, like – I definitely, I just felt puzzled when I read the notification at work today. It was just kind of like, I had no idea this was coming. They just confirmed yesterday Jason Garrett would not be coming back. And then less than 24 hours after that news broke, they have McCarthy. So you kind of wonder, okay, well, they met with McCarthy over the weekend, realized they wanted him, and then really pulled the plug on Jason Garrett. But it's just, especially being one of those teams that the Packers have that out-of-division rivalry with, 
it kind of hurts mm-hmm. in a way that's like I'm happy for him because I was never like a McCarthy hater. I really appreciated everything he did and it was just time, but I respected everything he did and the way he was with this organization. So that makes it tough when I respect him and he goes to a team that I, to put it nicely, cannot stand. <laughs> so it's kind of like, like Randall Cobb is there and it's like, I wish right. that people that I loved that were with the Packers would quit going to places that I don't <laughs> like, cause I want to support them and cheer for them. But now, I mean, who know it? Like bringing in McCarthy, who obviously Packers Cowboys have had a lot of big games where he was the coach. So maybe they're hoping now they'll be on the other side of the win on those games with him. But I mean, 13 years with the Packers, he was a standout guy and it's, it's tough, but I mean, I kind of thought he'd maybe go somewhere else because he was with, he agreed with who like the Panthers, Browns and Giants Mm -hmm. before visiting the Cowboys. So I don't know. It's, it's just strange. It's going to be really strange the first time we meet with them and he's on the sideline against us. It's just going to be really odd looking, especially because we've seen Jason Garrett for so long too. That in itself is just strange. Yeah, that, that's very strange. It, it's kind of it's kind of funny to think about, you know, in that 2010 Super Bowl season, uh, McCarthy, coach of the Green Bay Packers, blows out the Cowboys on that Monday night game or Monday night or Sunday night game. And that ended Wade Phillips career and made way for Jason Garrett. And now, you know, it almost like comes full circle. Now Jason Garrett out and Mike McCarthy takes over his role. And I, I agree with you too. I, I, this is kind of surprised me that they went with McCarthy. If you think about it in non Jerry Jones terms, because if you're thinking of it from Jerry Jones' perspective, this is the biggest name in the coaching uh, carousel this offseason. And so obviously that's kind of like the guy that he would want to try and select. Um, from like a coaching philosophy standpoint, though, I really felt like McCarthy fit in a lot better with what the New York Giants are trying to build with a young pocket quarterback and a really big running back in Saquon Barkley. You know, you do have Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys, but, you know, it just like we haven't really seen them kind of use Ezekiel Elliott the same way. And so uh, I, I really kind of wonder how much Coach McCarthy really brings to a team that you could argue really didn't need help offensively really kind of needed the help defensively, which isn't what he brings to the table. And, you know, I I think he would have fit in better in a couple of different places. But again, I think this was a move that he's the sexiest name out there in the coaching circle right now. Um, And one thing other to note with this whole story that I found very odd, it, it was noted that several people brought up that coach McCarthy came into uh, Dallas for the meeting on Saturday and actually spent the night at Jerry Jones house Saturday night. And they say that that really helped contribute to signing the deal. And I, for a good part of the day, it was also partially because I was pretty bored at work today. I spent a lot of time thinking about Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy having a sleepover. And, (laughs) and I, I just, I just imagine like, McCarthy has to be like kind of a nightgown guy, right? Like with like an Ebenezer Scrooge type hat. I was that like is like, like big long nightgown without the hat. 
Yeah. <laughs> and a, like a, the, and the little candle thing as well. But, you know, I just I picture them, you know, picking out a scary movie to watch and, you know, Jerry Jones orders Papa John's or something, uh, you know, for everybody to have. And Jason Garrett's trying to get into the, the slumber party, but they keep kicking him out. Maybe they've got like one of those signs that says like, no. Uh, Jason Garrett's allowed or something you see, like but, Jason Garrett yeah. like peeking through the window with the sad music <laughs> kind of, like wanting to be a part yeah. of it <laughs> like in the rain yeah it's <laughs> the sad pitiful music he's slowly hand clapping out there yeah um so that so that's the big news with McCarthy again I think we both congratulate coach McCarthy in getting that role and uh, someone else kind of pointed out it's it's really big for a head coach to their two head coaching positions so far have been the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys, two of the premier franchises in the NFL. And to have those two those two teams on your resume is pretty impressive, regardless of uh, you know overall resume. I think. Um, so as we get ready for this uh, game against the Seahawks, Janelle, just kind of quick taking a peek back at Wild Card Weekend. I, I thought it was a, it was a great weekend to watch football. Obviously, like you said, we got to kind of hang back and not really have to stress about anything too much. Uh, the biggest surprise though has to be with that Saints and Vikings game. Uh, and I think it's probably the one that Packers fans paid the most attention to because it decided who they were going to be playing basically this week. And the Vikings going into New Orleans, I, I think you really have to be impressed with the Vikings, Janelle, but really also too, I think just them beating the Saints, it, it really bodes well for the Packers because I think the Saints were kind of the favorite in the NFC, even being the three seed, and now them going down like they did at home, I think everybody in the NFC looks beatable right now. Yeah, uh, it was kind of one of those games where, I mean, everyone knows how I am with the Minnesota Vikings, where I didn't cheer for them, but it was just kind of like, a, whatever happens, I'm going to be okay with because I'm confident enough in whatever outcome. I mean, when you have, if the Saints were to win, have them come up to Lambeau. They're a dome team, and dome teams statistically mm-hmm. don't do well in the playoffs or even the Super Bowl. I think I read only one team, one dome team has ever won the Super Bowl. So it's kind of like that in itself would have been the advantage, having the outdoor weather effects and just the way Lambeau Field is. But at the same time, the way that, like, I'm I'm all up for, I'm on the Taysom Hill bandwagon, like, I love everything he does. So there was part of me that was like, I'm really glad we don't have to face him because you just don't know how to defend a Swiss army knife like that. He's insane. And you literally never know. He could be offense, defense, special teams, having to figure out a game plan specifically for him. Like Drew Brees watching that game. He wasn't the scary one like him and Michael Thomas. Mm -hmm. Like it was a really strange game because the Saints have so many tools, and yet Taysom Hill is the one that is covering all the positions that their top three players are supposed to be, Kamara, Thomas, and Breeze. And Taysom Hill's out there playing all their positions. So it was just – it was really strange the way that the Saints were playing, and they just looked not very good. Like, the beginning of that game was 100% defense, and then all of a sudden at the end, the offenses started to turn it up, and then, I mean – I'm not going to discredit the Vikings for coming out on the overtime drive and scoring. I mean, Kirk Cousins finally has a path pass worth $84 million. What are you going to do? But right. <laughs> I mean, 
even I know my mom, when I talked to her, she was listening to Paul Allen, who does the Vikings radio around here. Mm-hmm. Even they were dissing the Vikings after the win, saying, like, they're lucky they were in the Dome because the way their hands were. So now they're the only Dome team left. They have to go travel, play in weather. So it's really tough to say how they'll do. But I think really watching that game, I was like, okay, I think – I would be okay if the Saints lost and then we play Eagles or Seahawks and then have the Vikings go out to the 49ers. It didn't hurt me to see the Vikings win that one. It'll hurt me to see them win the next one. Yeah, (laughs) especially if it means the Packers having to face them in an NFC championship game, which I I think is worst case scenario at this point. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, obviously, a little bit. But, um, you know, the other game, too, the one that decided who the Packers were actually going, the opponent the Packers are going to play, I, I thought the Seahawks looked incredibly beatable. I mean, if, if you are if you are a team that is going on the road and you're playing Josh McCowan, 40 years old in his first playoff <laughs> game, and they really kind of held on at the end to barely hold on and win that game, like – uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound overconfident because I think that this is going to be a, it's going to be a different, um, a different team coming to Green Bay. But uh, yeah, they they don't scare me as much as they did when we when we were kind of first looking at the uh, potential playoff matchups. I feel like. Yeah, it was kind of weird. The game that we cared about the most was the least exciting to watch, and it was, <laughs> it was like the Seahawks versus the Eagles JV team. Because everyone yeah. was hurt. So it was kind of like, honestly, impressive by the Eagles to what was the final score? Like 9 to 17? Was that the final? Mm-hmm. So yep. to only lose by like less than 10, like, I mean, the Seahawks probably should have put more of a pounding on them, especially, but I kind of wondered, like, were they exhausted from the 49ers game the week before? Like, I don't know. And then you think about, I know my dad and I were talking, you think about, the Seahawks travel. They have to go from Philadelphia back to Seattle, Seattle to Green Bay. So that's like three different time zones. So that kind of benefits the Packers just in the sense of the way that the Seahawks have to travel. But yeah, they just, I don't know. I wasn't super concerned watching them. Like Marshawn Lynch hasn't been the beast mode factor as of as of yet. And mm-hmm. there's really not anybody I'm overly concerned about it's not like the last few times that the Seahawks and Packers have met there's no like uh Richard Sherman anymore they don't have the right there's no legion of boom now yeah I couldn't think of the name but yeah it's like their defense isn't what's scary anymore which is really beneficial to us who have really kind of established different players on offense different younger players like getting Aaron Jones more involved we have uh, Devonte Adams, and then like you said earlier, Alan Lazard. Like we've got all these offensive opponents, and it's just you're not as scared to throw the ball deep because yes, they're good, but it's more the Seahawks' offense that needs to worry. Like we need to worry about, but all of a sudden we've established the more dominant defense. I would argue, so it's going to be just compared to the last times we met them, it's going to be a completely different ball game, but the the Seahawks do play really well on the road. I think they like seven of their 11 wins in the regular season were on the road. Plus they just got the one in postseason. So, and then you have the Packers who have only lost one at home to the Eagles who the Seahawks just eliminated. So it's, 
I don't know. There's just so many different factors that can go into it. So I just, it's going to be, a, I hope it's a good game because Andy Herman sold me his tickets and I really don't want to have to crack my home <laughs> back to Minnesota. So yeah. I would really like yeah, a good no. game, but one that's like going to bring me tears of joy, not tears of sadness from another Seahawks disappointment. Yeah. And you know, uh, I think that that's something that the, a lot of, uh, a lot of the media and fans, once they found out it was the Seahawks in this playoff game, went straight to, and and I, it was something that I wish that we could kind of pick the brain about, uh, especially a guy like Matt Lafleur who's in his first season with the Packers. But th- there's also a lot of these guys on this team, you know, weren't around for the infamous 2014 championship game which i think is is the first thing that a lot of fans and media members look at because it's the obvious storyline it's the last time the packers and seahawks met in the playoffs and we're not going to go into how it ended but it was it was very bad and it's the one reason brandon bostic still gets retweeted on twitter um it's 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 interesting to think about how much how much the recent history, because uh, again, in the regular season, the, these teams have met the last three years outside of this year. How much How much uh, the animosity is about the more recent meetings in just the regular season? And if there is any of this, if, if they're playing into any of this, uh, you know, revenge factor against the Seahawks in this playoff game, uh, I, I'd be interested to see how much that really kind of uh, plays out with them. Um, some things to note, uh, just storyline wise with the teams, um, the Packers, uh, Matt LaFleur talked today about, uh, a, an illness going around the team. It seemed like, uh, David Bakhtiari was just kind of getting over it this week. And, uh, Elgin Jenkins actually is dealing with it now and kind of, uh, m- could be missing a little bit of practice time, uh, early on in the week. So something to just kind of keep an eye on as we, we move forward. And then, uh, you know, Janelle, you kind of mentioned it when we talked about them playing the Eagles last week. Both those teams incredibly banged up, and it's still kind of coming up with the Seahawks. Ziggy Ansah and Dwayne Brown, left tackle and uh, defensive end, respectively, you know, it looked like they could be missing time. Their, their uh, status is questionable for the game right now. So uh, the Packers really come into this game uh, pretty healthy. And, you know, Janelle, as I kind of said about – 2014 being you know five years away now and a lot of these players not being here for that not only are there a lot of players on this Packers team that weren't there for that last playoff game against the Seahawks but you know you really kind of think about it there's a lot of guys on this team that have never played in the playoffs uh as well uh Kevin King Jair Alexander um Darnell Savage Raven Green no playoff experience um between them, and I'm sure there's a lot of other guys that I'm, I'm missing that was just kind of a cursory uh, glance at it. And also, uh, sticking defensively, um, I think this also might be the first time we get to see what Mike Pettin does in a uh, playoff scenario as either a coach or a coordinator, because obviously his head coach experience with the Browns didn't see any there. Uh, th- this could be the first time we see what uh, he does defensively in a playoff scenario. We've seen him, you know, kind of handle things in the regular season. How does he work in the playoffs? So I think uh, out of anything, if we're going broad strokes, first time experience for a lot of players and even coaching staff in this playoff game. 
and, and even the preparation for it too uh, has to be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I guess that's not something I even thought about. So good catch by you. Just this is a first time for a lot because obviously Packers haven't made it the last two years. So we have no idea what they've been working on. We have no idea what they'll bring to the table. Like, is it stuff we haven't seen in the regular season? Were they kind of holding off on some stuff? How will these guys perform mm -hmm. really on that? Like, luckily, it's a it's a game at Lambeau, but it's an even bigger stage at home now. So kind of hopefully don't crack under pressure kind of thing. I mean, I was reading an article earlier. Rodgers and Russell Wilson are the last two really veteran quarterbacks in the playoffs left with Breeze gone and Brady gone. Yeah. They're the only two left with Super Bowl rings and kind of this experience. So it's veteran quarterback versus veteran quarterback. And then all these guys that have never even played in the playoffs. So that's kind of crazy to think about how like just from Rogers beginning to where they are now, these guys who have never seen the playoffs kind of being led by somebody who's won it all versus somebody who's won it all. And a team that like, they haven't had, too many changes, at least coaching-wise. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's tough to say what we'll see from our side of the field against their side who, obviously, they like Pete Carroll has been there for as long as I can remember. So it'll be very interesting to see what they dish up. Yeah, a lot, lot, uh, lot to keep an eye on as we move forward through the rest of the week and uh, get ready for that game against uh, the Seahawks on Sunday night. Um, Personally, that's my favorite position to be in in that Sunday night game, the last one of the last one of the week. You get to watch the rest of the games without it either being, you know, possibly ruined. Uh, but we won't talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it's it's a great time to go out and party afterwards on Sunday night. Um, Janelle, as we kind of wrap things up and uh, come near the end, is there anything else um, storyline wise, or just as we look forward to the Seahawks game, anything else that you want to kind of highlight or, or touch on that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I guess just one of the things I know you brought up earlier, kind of have we really exercised those demons and you kind of have to remember, I don't remember what year it was that our backfield picked off Russell Wilson about five times. So then that kind of wiped the slate clean. And then there was the meeting in 2018 that left us all heartbroken on a Thursday night. So Slate's kind of back to the Seahawks, so if you read about that curse, I don't know if you read about it or not, about the Saints, how they've kind of had three years in a row of heartbreak on yeah. the final play. Curse has been lifted from Green Bay, it sounds like, so that's a super <laughs> big positive going into this game. So, I don't know, it's just Packers-Seahawks, it just gives you a weird vibe. Like, you do not know what to expect, what kind of heartbreak you might feel, if they win, it might be one of the greatest wins morally against a team that has brought us so much pain over the last few years. So I don't know. I just really hope that with all the injuries we've kind of like not big injuries, just those nagging injuries we've seen from guys like Zadarius Smith. Hopefully this bye week really gives them a chance to heal up and they'll, they'll come in fresh. They get to stay at home. They don't have to travel versus a team that has really had to play some tough games and then have to travel, get banged up. So I don't know. I'm just really excited and I'm, I'm excited to see how Matt LaFleur runs a team in the playoffs too. I don't know what the offense has, yeah. but like how much will we see Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams? Will we see the younger receivers, a little bit more veteran? Will tight ends get involved? I don't know. I just hope they just leave it all out there. Cause this is the most important game of the year. Don't play like you're holding anything back. 
Yeah, that's I think you you nailed everything perfectly. And and really, you know, that's been kind of the message for a good part of the season is what what what's this coaching staff going to do when they hit adversity? What are they going to do when they when they get to this? And now it's crunch time. And, you know, you've had 16 weeks to figure out what you what you're supposed to be doing offensively and defensively. And we've seen ups and we've seen downs and we haven't seen it consistently yet. If you're going to put it together consistently, this is the week to start doing it. Um, You know, I I kind of made a note, you know, watching that Eagles Seahawks game last week. There was a lot of times that the Eagles left a lot of really easy points out on the field. And any one of those touchdowns could have really swung things the, the other way. And we could be talking about a completely different team coming into Lambeau. And the Packers have kind of done that uh, several times this year. We saw it last week or uh, week 17 against the, against the, uh, the lions. You cannot in the playoffs settle for field goals when you should be getting touchdowns. And you can't expect that your defense is going to lock things down in the second half and give you an opportunity to come back and win ugly. You can't always win ugly. And so, you know, this is the, this is the time to start making everything work. And so, yeah, I think just overall though, excited. How can you not be excited about Packer playoff football for the first time in, in three years, it's going to be exciting. Um, So like I said, rest of the week, we'll be previewing everything. We'll be dissecting all of it. The Packers Seahawks matchup. So make sure you stick with us here at the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. On the uh, the podcast itself, like, subscribe, rate, review, all the fun stuff. Um, Janelle and I are both on Twitter. I'm on there at DK all the way. You can find me there. Janelle, where can people find you on the Twitter sphere? You can find me at Big Mac underscore four. Mac is M-A-C-K. All right. And again, uh, thanks again for listening this week. Hope you enjoy playoff football again in Lambeau uh, for Janelle. And uh, we'll say it for Matt, too, over in uh, Deutschland. Just one big Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.